This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. It's Thursday, 11 May, in the year of Lord 2023, uh, a day they'll live in infamy because at midnight tonight, Mallorca's told us the uh, Title 42 put in under President Trump comes off the invasion of the southern border. We've had Ben Burkwam up in the previous hour, Real America's Voice. Ben is in, is in Brownsville. Okay, now he's in McAllen. He started kind of at the Gulf, and he's working his way all the way to, uh, to Tijuana, going through all the borders, he'll be reporting every day. We have Turning Point USA's frontline reporter, the great investigative reporter, Savannah Hernandez, now joins us from El Paso, Texas. Ma'am, can you give us an update on El Paso? Sure, Steve. So when I first got here on Tuesday, the streets were absolutely filled with migrants who, again, were sleeping on the streets for the past couple of weeks. However, ahead of the expiration of Title 42, as we have seen media make their way over to this area, uh, the city actually sent environmental services to come and clean up the streets so that mi the migrant camps got swept yesterday morning. Uh, on Tuesday as well, Border Patrol was asking a lot of these migrants to go willingly get processed so that way they could get their NTA papers and they could essentially be let go in the United States. Uh, so giving you guys an example of what we're seeing with those NTAs, we spoke to a migrant that was actually deported four times by Mexican immigration. He finally made his way over here to the U.S. He received his notice to appear papers and uh, he was essentially, again, released into the United States. We ran into another woman. Her notice to appear date isn't until April of 2027. So just an idea of, again, the paperwork being given to these migrants. And um, just to describe the scene as well for you, complete humanitarian crisis. I am very glad the city did come to clean up this area because you had unused blankets, you had unused clothing littering the ground. You had all of these migrant camps, blankets. Uh, there. The streets do smell like urine here and feces, I'll be honest with you. It very much does seem like a biohazard. So that the city finally did come and clean up, a local officer sharing with me as well. Um, this very much mirrors what happened when Joe Biden came to visit El Paso back in January to uh, take a peek at the border crisis, right? The city comes, they clean everything up, the migrants get bused to shelters, they get processed, and we don't see them on the streets. However, there are still hundreds that are coming over the border every single day. Another thing I want to add as well is this morning, uh, we tried to go fly our drone because there was a huge group of about 600 that had crossed over from Juarez into El Paso. And Border Patrol told us that we were only allowed to fly our drone from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, this was not something that they told us needed to be done yesterday. So it was very interesting to me um, how restrictive they are being with the media as well today. Savannah, um You've been in some pretty dangerous places. Do you feel safe in the streets of El Paso right now? El Paso is one of the great cities. We built the wall down there. It's incredible. The people there are great. The downtown's been rejuvenated. Uh, it's got great hotels, great restaurants. You see, it's a real sense of vibrancy. Is uh, one, Do you feel safe? And number two, is this impacting uh, El Paso in a negative way? 
Absolutely. I've actually had uh, many citizens from the city reach out and thank me for being here because they have expressed to me that they feel unsafe. They don't feel uh, safe because they don't understand who is being led into the country. Not understand, but they're just, you know, unaware of who is being allowed to cross into the border every single day. And if you do want me to give you an idea of the demographic that is on the ground, it is majority a single adult males from Venezuela, uh, probably nine out of 10 people that we've talked to down here are from Venezuela. So we're seeing heavy traffic from that country specifically. And when I do walk the streets, luckily for me, I have a male cameraman with me, but I wouldn't come down and walk the streets of uh, El Paso alone by myself because of the heavy presence of migrants, because we don't know who is essentially on the streets right now. Um, but again, as Title 42 set to expire, we have started to see a heavier police presence in this area, but that was after the city came and process those migrants, took them to different facilities and took them off the street. That's when we started to see the police presence. I want to thank Memphis. This, this B-roll that's up there, let's get the B-roll back, please. You don't need to see me. People see enough of me. Let's go put that B-roll back up. It, I, I am shocked, given El Paso, Texas, how a great city, it looks like a third world city. Is this what's happened to El Paso with this safe streets situation where they're just dumping people out there, ma'am? Look at this footage. It's, it's stunning. Absolutely, Steve. And you know what? One of uh, the things that I'm really interested in is covering the homeless crisis that has ravaged the United States. So I've been to San Francisco, Philadelphia, Seattle, and Portland, and El Paso very much mirrors the, uh, again, dirty human feces-ridden streets that I'm oftentimes seeing in these progressive cities. Uh, I used to go to school down here in this area. I was very familiar with the city, and it does look very different from what I remember. And I, I do keep hearing this you know, same third world country type rhetoric. And that's exactly what it is. If you walk the street right now, I don't feel like I'm in Texas. I feel like I'm in Mexico, if we're being honest. I don't want you to bury the lead. I want to go back to, to you ask people uh, for their papers or to see their papers. Did you tell me a woman that's been processed, her, her date of when she's got to show up for the first time is in 2027? It's four years from today? That is correct. Now, I'm sure the viewers are familiar, but these notice to appear papers are essentially given to the migrants once they're processed and do allow them to legally stay in the U.S. until that court date. So I've interviewed some migrants who have a court date as soon as uh, July or August of this year. But the woman that I interviewed, her court date isn't until 2027. By the way, her husband was deported into Juarez. And so she's here in El Paso waiting for him because he is going to be recrossing once Title 42 expires tonight. What do they have to, I mean, this is a scam, this is abusing our asylum system, right? We know that. But what do they even have to say to be let in and processed into the country? Is there any, is there any effort at all to turn these people back? You know, Steve, from what I've seen, no. And Border Patrol, of course, they can't speak to us directly, but they'll kind of come over and say, hey, thank you for reporting on this because we're completely overwhelmed. We feel like we're an, an Uber service for illegal immigrants at this point. Uh, we have low morale because we have our hands tied. They aren't allowed to actually enforce the policies that they were hired to enforce. They feel like the Biden administration has completely abandoned them. And again, the streets very much reflect that. The only reason things are cleaned up right now is because the media started attracting attention to this. We all saw the viral footage of thousands of migrants sleeping on the streets of El Paso. And it really took, again, the media coming down here, Americans seeing the reality of what is going on, 
force the city to clean this up and you know, going back to your original question, is anybody really being turned away? I have spoken to multiple migrants who have been deported multiple times. Uh, again, they're going and they were willingly getting processed the other day because Customs and Border Patrol at this point is like, hey, just make our lives easier. Go get your paperwork so that way you can be submitted into these shelters. They're getting that paperwork and they're being released. I've heard this from um, five to six different migrants that we have talked to that they are happy to get their papers. It's an easy process. They go in, they get the paperwork, they leave. Uh, by the way, a lot of this paperwork does allow them to work in the U.S. as well. So they're ready to start their life here in the United States with basically zero repercussions. Unbelievable. We're just breaking through the immigration system. This is the Biden administration. Todd Benson has reported that it's a controlled flow and that the Mexican authorities, he's seen them on... Uh, radios on phones talking to uh, a D DHS officers on the other side to control the flow to make sure it's done smoothly but quickly to get as many in the United States as possible. Have you seen anything like that? Does this look like it's organized by the Biden administration in coordination with Mexican officials to get as many people illegally, essentially breaking the asylum laws in here as possible? I haven't seen anything like that uh, personally, but what I have seen, Steve, is DHS officials make it very difficult for us reporters on the ground to show these hordes of migrants that are making their way over from Juarez uh, into the United States. So, you know, here in El Paso, we have the border wall, but there is that stretch of federal land. So once migrants do come over from Juarez into the United States and there are on soil there, uh, journalists have a very difficult time of actually seeing those groups. That's why the majority of footage from El Paso is drone footage. And uh, like I said, just this morning, officials really cracking down on people and saying, sorry, you can't fly your drones. You can't be in this area. And uh, they're really, like I said, being very restrictive. So that's kind of what I've seen on my end is just this really does seem like a cover up. Like I said, Steve, you know, just last week, these streets were dirty. They were filled with trash. They were filled with migrants. And now it, it's cleaned up. It's like, oh, where's the crisis that it just disappeared. Uh, last question. Uh, El Paso has got some of those radical members of, of Congress, some real left wingers down there. Are, are people coming to you? Is, are the people there uh, finally waking up to the fact of what this is, a dangerous invasion? Uh, of our country, or did the politicians and the media down there suppress the information so much? I mean, we just heard from a woman in, in McAllen that said there's no state authorities there, there's nothing, you know, there's no protection whatsoever, and the, and the, and the locals have just kind of given up on this. Well, what's the sense in El Paso? I think that the sense is very similar. I know the mayor did do a press conference just the other day where he was basically saying, hey, to the El Paso residents, don't worry. The migrants aren't coming to El Paso. They're just tr trying to pass through, essentially. That's why we declared this state of emergency so we can shelter them, and they'll eventually leave the city. So that's kind of the angle the mayor is trying to take with this right now, to calm his own citizens down. But I do think that people are waking up. I do think that people see what is happening and what is going on, and they are starting, starting to get uh, a lot more vocal about it uh, as we continue to see uh, tens of thousands daily at this point continue to cross the border. Savannah, are any is Abbott or any local Texas authorities putting forward any anything whatsoever to try to repel this invasion? Any of the local no no the federal government is assisting it, but do you see any of Abbott's people down there trying to stop it? 
I mean, here in El Paso, I haven't seen much, but I do know that he did start the tactical, Texas Tactical Force, where he was sending an additional, I believe, 545 National Guardsmen down here. We have seen a couple of videos in, uh, you know, the Brownsville, McAllen area of barbed wired areas that were open and bringing in a lot of migrants, uh, you know, heavy passage areas. And we did see some video of these National Guardsmen turning those migrants away. However, what I want people to know when you watch those types of videos is that just because those migrants didn't cross at that point does not mean that they were not rerouted to a different portion and still made their way over to the U.S. So it is interesting to me because I feel like Abbott is trying to highlight like, oh, look, we're, we're trying to turn people away, but they're ultimately still making their way into Texas, uh, again, all over our southern border. Savannah, we'll check in with you hopefully later before we leave the air. How do people get to you? Uh, social media, all of it. You're part of Turning Point USA's Frontline reporters you guys do an incredible job hat tip to charlie kirk and the team over turning point by the way for every i'm going to be at the i think july 15th and 16th is going to be the big turning point conference down in uh, florida in west palm beach senator josh hawley will be there uh senator jd vance will be there of course the great jack Posobiec will be there uh bobert congressman bobert i will be there many many others we're always honored to participate in anything that that uh that Turning Point puts on. Uh, how do people get to you? Where do they get you on social media and where do they go for a website, man? You guys can go to com to go follow all of my reporting. Also, go follow me on Twitter at sav underscore says because that's where I'm doing all of my live tweeting. You can see all the drone footage of what's happening here in El Paso. You can see all of those interviews with the migrants on the ground and I will continue to cover the border crisis here in El Paso. Thank you so much, Steve. Savannah, stay safe. Uh, the audience is prayers with you, but, uh, you know, you're you're a fighter and you're a tiger, but this is a very dangerous situation, so just stay safe, okay? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Savannah Hernandez, that's a um, – she punches way above her weight. She's incredible. Just gets incredible stories all the time throughout the world. It's just amazing, and this is so great what, uh, what Charlie and the, and the folks have done. Uh, is it uh, – we have uh, – do we have Terry Schilling? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to go, by the way, we're going to be juggling. We've got uh, Congressman Burchett. He's running through an airport. He's from Oversight. We're going to try to get him. I've got Boris. We're going to track down Boris. I got to go through last night what happened in, um, what happened in, um, uh, in uh, New Hampshire. Do we have the clip of the woman that we played for Nancy Mace? Do we have the clip for the woman that asked the thing? Okay, fine. Maybe I can get that up later. Okay, so last night... Um, they had, uh, and Caitlin Collins jumped in on this. Terry, I asked you and Liz, you and some other folks I know are the leaders of the Right to Life movement. Uh, President Trump last night, woman asked a question about, uh, about end of Dobbs. President Trump had an answer. Congressman Mace was on today, and she's been one of the leaders, I guess, of the moderates. And, you know, she laid down a case about empathy and practicality about, uh, about winning elections. And I wanted you to, to come back and give your... I know because you're the opposite end of the spectrum. Why don't you come and spend a, a, a few minutes with us and walk through your theory of the case? First off, President Trump's response last night. What? What? Uh, tell me about it. Well, first of all, uh, President Trump, without question, is the most pro-life president we've ever had. Um, he, in just his first term in office, managed to nominate three justices that ended up overturning Roe. You can't discount that. Um, but he's coming around, and we're figuring out. How, what to do in the wake of Roe, right? Everyone agrees that 
there's definitely a state role in regulating and protecting the unborn. Uh, the question is, what does a federal policy look like? Uh, Steve, I've done so much polling on this issue, and we do it with our partner groups, like the Susan B. Anthony List, and it's actually gotten to the point where it's very boring. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is that it's so predictable. The only thing that really matters in terms of whether or not a pro-life law is popular or not is whether or not it has exceptions. Uh, for rape, incest, and life of the mother. Um, and I know that there's a lot in the pro-life community that don't think that there should be any protections. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a pragmatic guy. Um, but the polling, it was interesting. We compared uh, the, the polling for a heartbeat bill with exceptions. It came in at 61%. And the opposite, which is the Democrats' position, unlimited, unrestricted access to abortion at any point for any reason, was only at 23%. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Let me, let me, I, I finally got it up. I want to play the entire clip of the woman last night, President Trump, and then a Caitlin Collins kind of hectoring him. Let's go ahead and play it, Memphis. Thank you. I appreciate you answering this question this evening. How do you plan to appeal to women voters in New Hampshire who are concerned about the Dobbs decision and how states may change their laws? It's such a great question, and it was such a great victory, and uh, people are starting to understand it now. Uh, you know that they wanted to bring it back to the states, but that was probably the least important part of that victory. Getting rid of uh, Roe v. Wade was an incredible thing for pro-life because it gave pro-life something to negotiate with. Pro-life had absolutely nothing being stuck in Roe v. Wade to negotiate with. And now what's happening, and I see it all over, uh, deals are being made, deals are going to be made, and it, it, look, everybody that was president wanted to get rid and tried to get rid of Roe v. Wade for 50 years, Republicans, for 50 years. This has been going on, actually a couple of Democrats too, but for 50 years this has been going on. I was able to do it and I was very honored to do it, but by doing it, things are happening that are very, very positive. And you have to, I happen to believe in the exceptions, the life of the mother, rape, incest, like Ronald Reagan believed in the exceptions, but I happen to believe that. I think it I think it's frankly important to do that, but a lot of people are, uh, you know, against that. A, sm a relatively small, relatively small number. But the so way I, I the you. way I look, I think it's very important to say this. I consider the other side to be radical, because the other side under Roe v. Wade and other things, the other side, they're radical because they will. Remember the debate with Hillary Clinton? I said, rip the baby out of the womb at the end of the ninth month. They will kill the baby in the ninth month. If you look at that crazy governor of Virginia from the former governor, where he said, no, the baby will be born, and then we'll decide essentially whether or not to execute but the Mr. baby. But, Mr. President, can we talk about what you would do if no, you are No, but these are the radical are people. It's not the pro-life people that are radical. But if you are re-elected and you're back in the Oval Office and you get legislation to your desk, would you sign a federal abortion ban into law? Uh, what I'll do is negotiate so that people are happy. But the fact that we were able, I was able, I'm so proud of it, we put three great justices on the Supreme Court. We have almost 300 federal judges on the Supreme Court. So you, the just fact, to be clear, just to be clear, Mr. President, you, you would sign a federal abortion well, ban into I, law. I said this, I said this, I want to do what's right. And we're looking, and we want to do what's right for everybody. But what's right? But now, for the first time, the people that are pro-life have negotiating uh, capability because you didn't have it before they could kill the baby in the ninth month or after the baby was born now they won't be able but to I do think that break that down for us uh, terry Schilling. 
Well, uh, look, he's he's go finding he's finding his roots again, right? Uh, there was uh, some commotion um, a few weeks ago where he was suggesting there was no federal role, but he did exactly what he needs to do. Now we still need to figure out what the right federal policy is, and and even the pro life movement um, is figuring that out, and they're basically saying 15 weeks or better. Right. With exceptions. That's what they're expecting from the presidential field. And um, and that's, I think, where he's going to come down. But he's going to come down um, and, and come out with some type of federal protections for the unborn. <laughs> and you know what, Steve, if it's a 15 week bill, that's great. We're up to European standards. Right. These are leftists. They are hysterical. You can't trust anything they say. These are people that think it's OK for doctors to kill babies and make money off of it. Right. And, and they accuse us of big government while taking all of our property, raising our taxes without us being, trying to take our kids from us now. Um, I think that at a bare minimum though, in the terms of the big government debate, um, I think at a bare minimum, our laws should say you just can't kill babies. <laughs> uh, that's actually very small, limited government where you can't kill babies. But um, look, President Trump is, He's there, right? He's still the same guy. It was so encouraging. I've seen him at these rallies, so it wasn't that surprising to me, but I've heard from other my friends and the guy still got it. Gosh darn it. He's so good. <laughs> Talk to me then about the uh, polling and Nancy Mace came in and, you know, she's been one of the leaders of the moderates to saying that we got to watch this because this is how we're going to lose this election. Talk to me about the go back to the polling and then uh, talk to me about what Nancy Mace and the moderate Republicans are talking about. Well, the polling is very clear uh, cut when you contrast it, when you contrast any abortion restriction um, from heartbeat to 15 weeks to, to third trimester bans. As long as they have exceptions, it's a two to one. And in some cases, it's a three to one margin. And that's what you really have to pay attention to when you compare the Democrats position to our protections for the unborn, which is, as President Trump said, unrestricted access to abortion. So the one that I found most most interesting was that uh, a heartbeat bill at six weeks, if, it, if you ban abortion or you limit abortion to when a baby has a heartbeat. Uh, to before a baby has a heartbeat, with exceptions, it pulls in at 61% to 23% to the Democrats' position of unrestricted access to abortion. It's a no-brainer, Steve, and, and it's a losing proposition to go before the voters in your state and tell them that you don't want to protect babies, right? That's the bigger vulnerability. You you mentioned earlier that Nancy May said that she she's all about winning elections and empathy. What about what do you think is driving the pro-life movement, if not for empathy for these unborn children that aren't even being given a chance at life? Look, Steve, we all owe our fellow man something, right? We live in a community. I have to pay taxes to send strangers to school. I have to pay for their lunches. I'm okay with that. But if we owe each other something, if I owe strangers a college degree and, and an education, well, then I think a mom and a dad owe their baby at least nine months in the womb. And I think the American people are there too. What are they? But but how have we then lost a narrative, or maybe we haven't, but at least for our perception, we've lost the narrative that the entire 2022 Midtown loss was because of this issue of abortion and how they're playing up 2024 to be the, and I, I can tell you from the donors and some of the senior political operatives, people are very nervous about this. Is this because we've lost the narrative or we've lost the facts? 
No, we've lost the fact, Steve. So the, the and keep in mind the bad guys still control our corporate media apparatus, and the and there's still a lot of bad guys in the GOP consultant class that don't want to talk about abortion. They like abortion. They support it ultimately. Uh, listen, the reality of 2022 is that the Republicans didn't talk about abortion. We've analyzed all of the campaign spending on campaign ads and the messaging in it, and the Democrats spent over 500 million dollars in the 2022 election attacking Republicans for being extreme on abortion. Steve, you know how much our side spent uh, on pro-life ads attacking Democrats? It was less than 50 million. They outspent us 10 to one on abortion messaging. And by the way, 500 million, I, we throw around a lot of numbers. That's as much as McDonald's spends on its corporate advertising for the entire year. You give me $500 million, I'll make fluoride in the water a campaign issue that decides an election. We have to go on offense. And by the way, these Republicans, you're not gonna be able to deflect to inflation and jobs and the economy or crime because no one takes you seriously because you never deliver. This is, this is a product of sellout Republicans Republicans never delivering for their voters and people not trusting them. That's why we lost the 22 election. We got outspent, outmessaged with our voters, and we didn't fight on abortion. That's why we lost. But isn't the lesson the Democrats are going to say is that we put unlimited amount of money, you know, we put a billion dollars in this in 2024. Uh, the, the hobbits are going to be able to put up 50 to $100 million again. We'll have the same results. I mean, how, how do you, if it's just about throw weight, of uh, that's my point is did we lose mer narrative or facts? I think the way at least I would look at you didn't actually lose the facts. You lost the narrative. You lost the narrative because guys put money in to drive that narrative. How do we? Because even most, even many of your allies. I mean, the Susan B. Anthony thing this week with President Trump was pretty huge. But even mm -hmm. a lot of your natural allies are sitting there going, "Is this one?" Because because. There's no amount of money sourcing these guys won't put in to go after this issue. Right. This they think this is central to capturing right. the female vote, sir. So our big problem is that it was just the outside groups that were spending that $50 million to get Republicans elected. We need the candidates. We need the candidates. We need them to follow the Trump model, right? What, what President Trump did in that third debate where he called out Hillary for being okay with ripping a baby out of the womb in the ninth month right before it was about to be born, that's what we need to do. You need the candidates to be spending their money. The candidates, by the way, have they will spend billions of dollars each election cycle, but they don't like talking about it because it makes them uncomfortable. It's much more comfortable, Steve, to talk about inflation and crime and all the safe things that are easy that appear to be easy layups. But it's uncomfortable to talk about abortion. And I'm not I'm someone that talks about abortion and transgenderism. All that. It's not it's not fun. I, I mean, I'm fun, but I'm sick. Um, the thing is, we need the candidates to go on offense. They need to attack their opponents. They need to run campaign ads articulating their vision and attacking their Democrat opponents for being extreme on abortion. And if we can get the candidates to do that, we're going to have a lot better uh, uh, success and traction in these elections. Okay, Terry, if I could ask you to hold through the break, because I want to talk about uh, the attacks on the family. I want to talk about uh, the parental rights movement, things that the American yep. Principal Project at the center of, they're coming hard for that. I think they saw, particularly after last night's command performance by President Trump on Ukraine, <laughs> on the border, on the economy, they're going to sit there and go, I don't know if I don't know if uh, if Biden can take him on or any Democrat can take him on and things are in his wheelhouse. We have to come about it a different way. And I think that they are coming for the American family like you've never seen before. Short commercial oh, yeah. break. Terry Schilling from American Principles Project. We got a couple of the tricks up our sleeve. You'll see it all 
after a short commercial break. In today's world, we face challenges like government overreach, attacks on communication, global conflicts, and natural disasters. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store over the last year to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communication remains private. They're one of America's largest satellite telecom companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, get an Inmarsat, Insat phone or Iridium 955 satellite phone for free. Let me repeat that. An Inmarsat, ISAT phone or Iridium 955 satellite phone for free. These are top of the line. Iridium phones work anywhere on Earth with a clear view of the sky. Cell coverage reaches only 7% of the Earth, while Iridium covers 100% of the Earth. Satellite phones provide secure communication with no tracking or eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military uses Iridium. If cell towers go down for any reason, your satellite phone still works. Now, don't miss this offer. In addition, we work with the folks at the Satellite Phone Store to secure a special discount for our subscribers. Use promo code STEVE50 to waive the $50 activation fee. Let me use that again. The promo code STEVE50, STEVE50, to waive the $50 activation fee and get 10% off products like generators, Faraday bags, or solar panels in May with code STEVE2023. Let me give that to you again. You get 10% off products like generators, the Faraday bags, or solar panels in the month of May with code STEVE2023. Now visit Satellite Phone Store today. Go visit sat123.com. That's sat123.com. Life can change in an instant, so don't wait. Stay prepared, connected, and protect your privacy. Visit sat 123.com. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop 
for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's PublicSQ.com, PublicSQ.com. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDTaxRelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDTaxRelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDTaxRelief.org. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org, COVIDTaxRelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDTaxRelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. My friends, yes, we love you, Queen. We love you, Queen. Corner, and we've got you, and I will fuck anybody up who's like trying to fuck with anything with you guys. It's really, in all seriousness, there's so many things that are hurting and really killing our kids and we all know what I'm talking about right now and it ain't no drag queen because if you've ever seen a drag queen lip sync for her life yeah it only makes you happier it only makes you love more it makes you a better person fuck if I could do a death drop right now I would but I would probably <laughs> like break my hip but and I I want to uh, ask everybody out there, please, please support all the great organizations that are out there helping all of this nonsense going away like it should. All of these incredibly stupid policies. Bye. Bye. No more room for hate. Only love. And love equals drag queens. From the pit of hell, uh, let me bring in Terry Schilling. Terry, what did I just see there? Uh, explain that to me and explain this in the context of the assault on, on the family, sir. 
Well, uh, Steve, I mean, uh, for a long time, uh, the sexual left has been trying to sexualize our kids, right? This uh, this actually started with Alfred Kinsey in the 40s and 50s, and it carried on. They've established Kinsey Institutes all throughout the country, and Kinsey basically was a pedophile. He studied. He didn't think there was anything wrong uh, with children having sexual activity, um, and he was the pioneer for what we're experiencing today uh, through this sexual revolution, and it's now coming to fruition because all of our institutions have been captured. Um, you're seeing the normalization of pedophilia. You're seeing states right now, like the state of Washington, just yesterday, the AP ran a story. The state of Washington uh, passed a law to protect trans minors from their parents. Isn't that interesting? They're gonna protect children from their parents. That I don't, That's a very uh, interesting way to frame it, right? Uh, these are kidnapping laws. These are laws that allow for states to kidnap children from their parents. They're unconstitutional. They're, they're willing to upend the entire system of due process and innocent until proven guilty uh, just to destroy the family because they know that the family is the, is the heart and soul of this country. It's why we go to work. Uh, it's why we care about the future, why we don't want them spending so much, and why we want good policies and laws passed. If, if you don't have families, you're not going to care about your elections and the people in power because you don't have an investment in the future. This is the way that the Marxists have always gone about it. Here, look, I, I got to ask this because there's something that doesn't, it just doesn't connect. You know, you've had the Q people, right? And, and they are dumped on all the time. They're crazy, they're conspiracy theorists. You know, this Q stuff's nuts. But then you see a situation like that, and you see a pretty established Hollywood star. Maybe she's not getting the role she used to be, as happens to women of a certain age, but she was one of Hollywood's biggest stars, still hugely prominent uh, in the entertainment industry. You see that, and you see what it represents, and everything associated with that. Then today, Congressman Nancy Mace... Well, hang, hang on a second. Congressman Nancy Mace was here, and she's talking about the Biden investigation and actually going and seeing the, seeing the, um, going to the Treasury Department and seeing the wire transfers of all the money. And, you know, that's principally as the presentation you saw from Oversight dealing with the Chinese Congress. Part of the reason I was brought in by Rudy and Bob Costello to review the laptop from hell was about my knowledge of CCP control companies and the, in the, one belt, one road, and money flows and went back and forth to there. And, and there, you know, the press conferences about that. And then in the war room, because she was in studio today, she says, you know, but the thing that upset me the most of all that, which is trees and stuff like that, she said, the thing that I'm going to personally pursue, this is her talking, is that she said the biggest file, the thickest file, was in the prostitution area, in the human trafficking of women yep. in particular. And I go, what are you talking about? He says, oh, yeah, the wire transfers are this, where the file was this thick, the other files are this thick, this file was this thick, money going back and forth, Hunter Biden, the Biden family, et cetera, on, on, on this very topic. Then I talk to people that are, we've got people strung out from Brownsville, Texas, and the Gulf of Mexico, all the way to Tijuana uh, at the, on the Pacific Ocean, 2,000 miles on the border of this uh, coming down on the uh, on the stripping off of Title 42, and whether we're talking to local officials in Arizona or local officials in the Rio Grande Valley, or whether we're talking to DPS or people behind the scenes, because 24-7 we're working on this, and you got all these great reporters, they continue to talk about it's just one of the things that's happened is just open season. The cartels are now just going full bore 
mm-hmm. on child and human trafficking. And you see these three different elements of it, and you say, hey, I, yeah, the Q people are crazy. They're conspiracy theory. But you see these elements in place all about and around young children. And you see mm-hmm. the relentless, like right there, not just mocking you, up in your grill and threatening you that if you have any problem at all of trying to defend your children from this, they're going to F you up, right? And you see what's happening on the border. You see what's happening in this Biden family. You see what's happened to the FBI and the Treasury Department because that file with the money that went for the human trafficking and the sex trafficking and the implication is that not an insignificant amount of this are underage girls, right? Yep. That the Treasury Department's known about this. The Treasury Department have had these on file since 2015, 2016, before mm-hmm. President Trump ever took over. Your thoughts and assessment, sir? Well, look, um, I, I'm a big believer in that um, ideology does drive some things, but I think industries uh, drive a lot more. Uh, there's a lot of money. Uh, that's tied up into human trafficking. There's a lot of power here. There's a lot of dirt on people. Um, the fact that they've known about this uh, and have covered it up uh, and they, it, we had to win back Congress in order to uncover it, it's, it tells you a lot about this regime. And, and frankly, Steve, I've thought a lot about this. And, and who are these people that are putting hundreds of millions of dollars into pro-abortion election ads? Who are the people that are getting Planned Parenthood started? Who, have, who are the industry leaders that, that have a vested interest in it? It's not just the abortionists. I mean, they make a lot of money, but it's the sex traffickers, right? When when you have an underage girl or, or an overage girl uh, and she gets pregnant and she has to carry that baby to term, um, well, that's a bad investment and she's not going to be able to make you as much money. There are all these industries. That's why they want to sexualize kids. Steve, Steve, we tried to pass an age verification law for pornography in 1997. And the Supreme Court struck it down. They said we didn't have the right to restrict pornography off of the Internet, that it posed an undue burden on porn users. Give me a break. This is, there is an agenda here, and it's to break down our sexual boundaries, our sexual mores, and our sexual rules so that we're all just godless and, and we pay for sex instead of devoting our life to just one person for our entire life and having a family. It's all about control. It's all about the money. Um, and, and it's these industries that are driving all of this, and it's fueled a lot uh, by human trafficking. Where there may be some, I'm not saying controversy, but, but um, difference of opinion about the whole abortion right to life and how that's to be positioned going forward, right, by people who are on the same side of the football. The situation with parental rights and the situation with what we just talked about, the protection of the family. There, When I've looked at numbers, I mean, these are 70, 30, 75, 25, 80, 20 things. What is, how is that galvanizing uh, the the effort of all these different groups? Are people, do you feel people are pulling together and coming together like they were in the, in the, uh, in the life movement and that this will be a big wave of people on a cultural aspect in 2024? Well, look, Steve, I, I, we, I always go back to Virginia in 2021 and how we turned this blue state red. And the only reason it happened is because Glenn Youngkin made it an issue on the campaign trail. He made parental rights and parents controlling what their kids learn in school uh, an issue. And this LGBT stuff was on the front, and, and Glenn Youngkin, who's now the governor, 
uh, made that a campaign issue. I think my nightmare, my fear is that you have all of this energy from the American people, from the voters, but if it's not channeled through our elected officials, if it's not channeled through politicians who are running and, and, and attacking their opponents for ripping apart our families, that's gonna dissipate and it's gonna run out. And the people are gonna lose not just momentum, they're gonna lose hope because you need, look, Steve, I've done this for a long time and the women's sports issue is what took everything to the next level. And it was because it had one extra factor. All these issues are very popular with the American people. But the thing that made the women's sports issue different was that politicians were willing to champion it and fight for it. And we had consequences for the for the politicians that, that vetoed this legislation like Christy Nome. Um, so you need the political champions. You can't just have popular opinion because that energy that those those people will get demoralized and they'll lose hope and they won't they won't have any champions to vote for if our politicians aren't talking about it. And so that's that's my nightmare, because I just don't think enough of our elected officials, our governors, our senators, our members of Congress, everyone. I don't think they're talking about this stuff enough. How many why haven't any of the presidential candidates and maybe Vivek has? Why haven't any of them criticized this Washington law that allows for the state to kidnap your children and then ask questions? They literally, if your kid goes to child family services and said, I'm transgender and I don't think that my parents will support it, they take the kid from the home and then they tell the parents. They don't go to the parents first. What in the world is going on, Steve? Why isn't everyone and their mother talking about this on the public stage? It makes no sense and it's very frightening to me. Terry, how do people uh, how do people get to American principles? Because this is the uh, Washington State. Whatever, all this is happening. Parental rights, the anti CRT, all that. It's all coming together now, and it's got to be a major element of the MAGA movement going forward. Because this is what it's about. It's about the protection of the American family. If we lose that, yeah. all the other stuff doesn't 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 matter. So, how do people get to you? It's uh, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Or you can follow me on Instagram. I have a video that just got over 1 million views from my CPAC in Hungary speech. It's just Schilling1776. So um, at Schilling1776 across all the platforms. So check it out, guys. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. Thank you very much. We'll play that. Hopefully we'll get that up. Uh, we got it up on our website. Hopefully get more. Terry, thank you very much. Um, breaking news. Uh, the meeting tomorrow has been uh, has been postponed on the debt ceilings. That should shock you. The, the working groups have met, but that the leadership is not going to meet with Biden tomorrow is sometime next week, and I don't think it time's been uh, that has been laid out uh, yet. What this means is that um, we have to. And you heard President Trump. It was amazing. President Trump last night said, "Hey, I'll call their bluff. We need massive cuts, or dare them to default." It's 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 Yellen and Biden that have to default. Dare them to default. Uh, it was very powerful. Want everybody to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now to get the end of the dollar empire, the third installment, the third installment, the debt trap. It'll get you totally up to speed and everything's going on. Plus, go there. You can reach out to Philip Patrick, his entire team. Find out, have them answer the question why all the central banks in the world in 2022 bought more gold than ever in 2023 is started up at record. Paces. If the central banks of all the rest of the world are buying gold in record amounts, maybe you should talk to a Birch Gold specialist about talking about your IRA, your 401k, all of it on some tax-free way that you can get into precious metals. So go check it out today. Very, very important. Uh, Boris Epstein joins us by phone. 
Uh, Boris, uh, one day after, I know you guys had a lot of briefings on this and breakdown. Give us your assessment of last night and, as importantly, how we're firing off the football off of that command performance last night. Steve, honored to be with you, honored to be with the posse. And not only was there an absolute powerhouse performance last night, what we've had today is a poll coming out of Florida which shows that on the economy, President Trump is leading the Florida governor 46 to 18. What does that say? That says that the people of Florida, the economy is obviously the key indicator, the people of Florida realize just what that audience last night realized, that, that we need President Trump back in office as soon as possible. And now where do we go from here? We go to a full, robust rally in Iowa, and from there on to victory in the primary and in the general some of the buried leads last night, see, that I thought were very important was the fact that there was no doubt as the, as the town hall you know, went through the hour, hour plus, a little bit plus, uh, that that was the president. That was the president of our country there, not the guy who currently is illegitimately in the Oval Office or wherever he is in his bed somewhere upstairs. President Trump is the true leader of our country. And even Caitlin Collins couldn't help herself but keep saying, Mr. President, Mr. President. Mr. President, and that, that, that was absolutely clear. And then on the key issues, from energy to the border, and then, of course, to what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, President Trump giving absolutely unparalleled answers, and answers that, frankly, forget Biden, who doesn't know what day it is. But you, you know for a fact that none of the pretenders for the Republican nomination, no, no politician, period, outside of President Trump could be giving those common-sense, direct business answers. I mean, you know, Caitlin Collins, oh, do you want Ukraine to win a war? First of all, winning a war, you know, we're, not, we're not in Roman times here. You know, that just shows how little the mainstream media knows and understands about modern conflict. And President Trump perfectly saying, what I want is for the death and destruction to stop. And then the answer on the war criminal, huh, if we call Putin a war criminal now, and he thinks he's got Slobodan Milosevic's fate coming at him, then you know, what is he going to do with over 5,000 nuclear weapons? Again, direct, sensical, logical, powerful. That was last night. Real quickly, uh, before I let you go, and I love that breakdown, and you're right, it was quite powerful as a command performance. I just want to make sure I heard this right, because we're just getting this in with you. The poll was done, and it shows in Florida, not nationally, far, Florida. It's 46-18 in Florida, Trump versus, uh, versus uh, DeSantis. That is 46 and 18 to 18 on who would handle the economy better. Overall, from those who are likely to vote, President Trump is up by 10. From those who have seen advertisements from both, he's up by almost 20. Specifically on the economy, on the economy, this poll put out by American Spectator, done by National Strategies, the, it, what it says specifically is that the people of Florida prefer President Trump to their own governor by a measure of 46 to 18 on who would handle the economy better. And as you know, Steve, the economy wow. is what matters. That's wow. how people make up their mind, and wow. especially now in California. And, hey, let me tell you this. I'm in, the, I'm in the state of Florida right now, and gas is at 4 bucks a gallon. So no, it is not at all a surprise that the people of Florida are looking at their governor who's you know, gallivanting around South Korea and Japan and uh, the U.K. and Israel and everywhere else, Ohio, while his own state, and the people of the state that he's supposed to be protecting yeah. are paying four bucks a gallon for regular gas. 
bringing back big trade deals. Uh, Boris, how do people get you the morning newsletter, Instagram, all of it? Where do people go? Steve, thank you so much. Honored to be with you. Honored to be with the posse. My information the website is BorisCP.com. Hot on BorisCP.com. Hot on Twitter at BorisCP. On Getter at BorisCP. On Truth at Boris. And the hottest on the Grand Boris on the score, Epstein. Stay strong. God bless on all offense. Boris, thank you very much for breaking away from the meetings to join us to give us that breakdown. We'll do more of the breakdown tomorrow. We haven't had, believe it or not, we haven't had enough time to spend it. That's been so just incredible. I've never seen a news cycle, particularly with the southern border in collapse. Crom Carmichael's on Crom. Uh, the Warren Posse has hearts of lions, but we realized last night we got a long, tough fight ahead of us. How do we keep these hearts of lions healthy, sir? Well, uh, Steve, once again, thanks so much for having me on. And the answer is to take this product right here. Uh, it's called Soul Tea. Uh, we've been making the active ingredient in this product for 18 years. And the active ingredient is a super enriched blend that is uh, super enriched with theoflavin. Theoflavin is a molecule in fresh green tea that resides naturally at 1%. We have a, a proprietary extraction process that we've been using, as I said, for 18 years, and it creates a blend with a 22% concentration, which is the equivalent of more than 30 cups of fresh green tea a day. And uh, I've been taking our product for 18 years. When I started taking it that long ago, my bad cholesterol was 130, it dropped to 89, and it's been under 90 ever since. My blood pressure's in great shape. I'm 74, I take zero prescription drugs. And so that's why Soul Tea, and Soul Tea will help people who have moderately high cholesterol manage their cholesterol, but it has a lot of other health benefits. Somebody could go to DuckDuckGo, for example, and type in health benefits of theoflavin, and they'll see all kinds of health benefits. But our strongest one that we like to promote is it's great for your cardiovascular system and helps you manage your cholesterol. And, and, uh, and the way to get Soul Tea, Steve, is to go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. And then use the code warroom at checkout. And that gets the, that gets the person a, a discount on the first shipment of $29.95, which is 50%. And then after that, on the, on the ongoing subscription, they get three bottles for the price of two. And we always pay the freight. And we just got another uh, wonderful email in just this afternoon from one of our customers that came through the posse uh, talking about how uh, they just went to the doctor and all of the things that they were checked, all the bad things are actually much better and uh, and has to do with blood pressure, triglycerides, uh, cholesterol. And sometimes that helps helps all three of those. Thank you so much, Steve. Crom, thank you very much. Thank you for providing uh, Salty to the posse. I know I get tremendous feedback on it. Okay, tomorrow right, morning at 10 a.m., we're going to take this back up again. It'll, I'm sure the the uh, the uh, border gets open at midnight tonight. We'll be on this at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, plus the Cary Lake situation in Arizona. Be back here. Lace them up tight tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. in the world. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize 
that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 